uh, noticed in your bulletin today, uh, we're going to have the Guatemala team share. And so uh, there were 10 of us that uh, went off to Guatemala at the end of June, from June 20th to 30th, and uh, I was one of the team. And uh, we'll get the team up here in a minute and we'll have them uh, sharing. But to get us started off, um, Sam has put together a video and... Uh, well, just to give you a little bit of a, a really brief overview of what we did, the things that we saw, the things that we got involved in, let's just take a look at this video.
When I was little, I didn't know Jesus. Hola, me llamo Thanks, Sam, for putting that together. Uh, that gives you a, a bit of an overview of what we had, uh, what we done, what we had have done there in Guatemala. But uh, I want to give uh, an opportunity for the team to share. So if I could ask the whole team to come up and uh, support one another as we did for the 10 days or so that we were in Guatemala, and uh, a few of the team will get to share a little bit about their experiences, some of the challenges and the joys that they had along the way. So we'll have a number of people sharing. We'll start off with, with Ivan. Where'd Ivan go? Um, good morning. For those of who don't know me, my name is Ivan. I want to share with you 
out a lot. Lead me to go on my first mission trip to Guatemala. He showed me a complete different way of life. The Guatemala people are poor, but they are rich. It's spiritually the kids really welcome us when we arrive at the school. We played soccer with them, and it was really fun. I saw them in worship and can really feel that they worship from their heart. We visit the hospitals and pray for the children there. We also help move dirt at the school building site. We also visit a thing called and it was really deep and it was very interesting event. This was a spot where we did our demotion at the bottom of the sinkhole. There were lights in the shape of a cross. All of these things that God let me experiment were totally new to me and I am so happy to give me this opportunity to serve. I also really love the coffee. I hope that the Lord called me to go back to Guatemala soon. James, James is next, but before we do that, I forgot to do something. Let me just introduce the team. We have Ivan there, uh, Jenny, and William. Those, they go together, but they're not today. Michael and Becky, James and Henry and Sam and uh, Megan, we were all part of the team. Uh, James is up next. Okay, I just want to let you know that I'm under protest. <laughs> I wasn't really prepared to share, but Sam, Pastor Gill, my brother-in-law, and even my lovely nephew, Michael, kind of ganged up on me so I couldn't weasel my way out. They kind of tried to throw me underneath the bus. So here we go. I got five minutes. So my name is James. Most of you don't know me because I'm not a member of your congregation. What brought me to become a member of this uh, STM short-term mission to Guatemala was a promise I made to my niece, Christy, and her husband, Angel. After they got married, I promised that I would go down and visit them one day in Guatemala. And Angel promised me that if I go down, he'll take me golfing, and the fridge will be full of cold beer. But instead of golfing, I was moving rocks, shoveling dirt to help build the foundation for a new school. Plus, there was no cold beer in the fridge. I knew what the first night this was going to be one interesting trip. After a long day of traveling to, from Vancouver to Guatemala, it was nice to take a hot shower. Halfway through my shower, I hear Ivan yelling at me, Do you have hot water? I go, Yes. He said, I don't have hot water. Can I use your shower? I said, Okay, but not right now. As I finished my shower, I got out. Ivan, in his birthday suit, sauntered slowly into my shower. In the back of my mind, I'm saying, hmm, this is more of Ivan than I really want to see. This is going to be an interesting trip. Anyway, he said, on a more serious note, why did God want me to go down to Guatemala? Was it because of a promise I made? Was there another reason? 
having walked away from the church and God for over 30 years, I felt I went, I'm in a pretty comfortable place. I have a nice place. I have a good job. I belong to a golf club. Plus, Michael just made me buy an expensive car. Life is not bad. But even with all these comforts and worldly possessions, there was something gnawing at me that there's something missing in my life. Is there something more to life or just like maybe trying to find a meaning to life? During this short-term mission, as I watched the children sing and dance wholeheartedly to the Lord, they were jumping up and down like a bunch of little Guatemalan jelly beans. This is something I envy and have never felt before. We had a debriefing with Les, the founder of Impact Mission, and he was asking us a question. We had to pick a high and low point from the day's activity. From that, we had to see what was God trying to tell us or teach us. I felt really awkward and unprepared to answer this question. Because at the start of this mission, I told Michael that when it came to anything to do with praying at a church, he was in charge. He said, no problem, I got you covered. But when it came to this question, he says, dude, you're on your own. Throw me under the bus again. So even as a non-Christian, I could see that the inequality in the Golaman lifestyle. Oops, lost my place. This is a long speech. Okay. But even as a non-Christian, I could see that there's an inequality in a Guatemalan lifestyle than mine. We live in a nice house, have clean clothes to wear, three meals to eat every day, except for Ivan. He had five meals every day. When you see the children that might have just one nutritional meal to eat each day, and provided by the school, or a newborn baby girl that was just abandoned by its mother, you cannot help but feel for them. I have always felt that this is not my problem, and why should I help? Plus, why is God allowing this to happen? Is it God's will? Let's reply and explain to me that this is not God's will. But the hammer that hit the nail on the head was after I returned, returned home and I was talking to my mom. She's a Christian, she attends another church. She was asking me, why is my heart so burdened for the plight of these children? It's their parents' problem and not yours for their inequality and suffering. That is when God spoke to me and said, James, this baby girl that just got abandoned and those other children are innocent. They did not have a choice to be where they are. But you have a choice to help them or not. So at that point, I knew I had to do something for these children. I think now this applies to me and to a lot of people here. God wants us to look deep into our hearts and souls, to reevaluate our relationship with Him. Is it where it's supposed to be? Can it be better? Are we doing enough to serve Him and look after His flock? I know I have to make some changes in my life. Some will be easy and some others will be harder. I think he wants us to get out of our comfort zone and look at our lives and count our blessings and see how lucky we are. If you feel too comfortable where you are, maybe it's time for you to go on a short-term mission because it's going to mess you up. It's going to mess you up a little bit. I think all of us that went there have gained a new perspective on life and learned a lot more about ourselves. We left with some new questions, 
some questions answered, and some still to be answered. But this experience has definitely enriched our lives and made us a better person and hopefully a better Christian. And I think I've gone past my five minutes. Thank you for letting me share. Thanks, James, for your honesty and for your sharing there. Um, Becky is going to come and share. And Becky was an inspiration to all of us. Becky is a little bit older than the rest of us on the team. And she, but she kept going and she plugged along. She did everything that stayed with the team the whole time. And uh, she was a real leader on the team. So Becky, come and share. Good morning, everybody here. Um, I'm standing here just to thank you all the prayer partners and the supporters. And I want to share a little bit about my uh, what I see and what I saw. And at the end, I will ask you, when you go home, pay for all this, what I talk to you. Um, on June 20 to 30, about 10 days, I joined this team. This team is called Impact Ministry for Short-Term Mission in Guatemala. This is my first time and first time to speak in English, to share gospel or to share a love to other people. So excuse me if my English not fit your term, so thank you to support me. During this time, I learned a lot about the people living there. For general, the living condition compared to North America is so different. And I could say maybe they are a little bit poor. For this time, we visit schools, we visit hospitals, we visit and doing construction work that is called work project. And we also visit sinkhole. It's a difficult one for me. From the higher climb up to the higher mountain and then down to the hole really deep and really sleepily. And we visit homes, two members of the churches. So compare all this, I want to talk to you a little bit detail is the school was built by by uh, Impact Ministries. And we visit them. They have a big gym. Then we can sing hymns and worship and also play sports together. We also use the gym to worship and share our testimonies to those people. Of course, we don't speak Spanish, but we have translators to do it for us. So, Generally, I feel is our worship is different than them. They almost use about two hours to worship. And their singing is happy and dancing together. It's really encouraged me and let me feel my worship time when I am in here. So I have to exchange or to change myself how to worship God and get a good relationship with him. 
the construction plant will do digging and shoveling, and shoveling is uh, is not just easy because the dirt is heavy and wet. But we spend two days in there, four hours every day. But I carry on; I can do it. It is amazing for your prayer support for me, so I can carry on to do it. For visiting the same hole with the brothers and sisters behind me, they're strong and young. For me, it's old. Climb up to the mountain and stand to the hole with wet and slippery. It's not easy, but I carry on to do it by your prayer support. So you know, prayer is so important for you and me in a Christian life. So the thing is, I went there is because I want to pray for them. These people are in darkness. They are superstitious. They controlled by Satan, by the witches. They hire with their money. They are poor, even though they are poor. They hire people, the witches. To do things that want to get rid of those bad things happen in their life. So for them, it's in the darkness in Satan's hand. And ask you to pray for them. Ask God to send workers to help them to deliver them from from Satan's hand and set them free. For General, I am weak, but When I come from Vancouver to Guatemala, healthy, and I come back healthy too. I thank you your support and、I、ask God to send more workers, especially for what translation. Need somebody to translate from English to Spanish and from Spanish to English. So if you are good in it, whatever language you can. Go to such a mission. We expect a lot different things, and can change your worship, change your life. God would help you. Even though I'm old, I still can finish it. So thank you for your prayer and your support. Becky touched on a key theme there: prayer and missions go hand in hand. Uh, Michael, you want to share? Okay,、um, so I'd just like to begin by saying, Sam, I forgive you for the video. <laughs> I know some of you guys are laughing about it, so、uh, that means you misunderstood the video. So there's two takeaways from that. One, I can count to four in Spanish, and two, I know four more Spanish words than Sam does. Okay. <laughs> and with that said,、um, that leads into my sharing, which、uh, I think during this trip, God. Uh, kind of asked me two questions、um, during the time there. So,、uh, devotions is something that each of the schools there have, and、uh, what it is is every morning the kids have、uh, worship for about one hour, and it's always a highlight for myself, and I know a lot of people on this team as well,、uh, because there's these kids that are, you know, five years old, tiny, but they have their hands up or their hands on their heart, their eyes are closed, and they're just singing from their heart. And、uh, I remember two years ago when we went,、uh, there was about 20 kids at one school, and they sang so much louder than、uh, something we've ever, ever 
ever heard in this church. And I remember uh, Rachel and Jen, they were all in tears right away. Um, <laughs> sorry, Jen. But it has that impact on, on us. And for me, uh, it made me question my relationship with God. How come I don't uh, show my love to God like that? And then, so that was the one question that God left me with in the beginning is, um, do you love me? Do you love me? Uh, there was another evening where we were having a debrief with Les Peters, the founder of Impact Ministries, and he was sharing when he was 40 years old, God asked him when he was doing devotions one day, are you content or satisfied with what you've done for the kingdom of God? And Les thought about it for a while, and his answer was no. He wasn't satisfied with what he had accomplished, what he was doing and serving. And so uh, you know, God did a big ask of his life and drew him to Guatemala, and Les was obedient in going. And from that obedience, uh, he experienced amazing things of uh, God providing for them in very dire times, and in times when they were robbed at gunpoint and their lives were at stake, God protected them. So um, his question also struck me. That's the second question. Am I content or satisfied with what I've done in my life? So the two questions were, do I love God and am I content with what I've done? And this kind of ate at me the whole week. And my answer to both were, no, I'm not content and I'm not. And I, did I love God? I don't think I really did. Not in the way I lived, not in the way I worshipped. And it made me realize that worship was a reflection of what was in the heart. And uh, my heart wasn't with God. And so um, I guess... The biggest takeaways for me was the realization that I needed to reevaluate my life and reprioritize um, God in it and carve out time. And so, yeah, that's uh, that was what I took away from Guatemala this year. Good morning. My name is William. This morning, I'm taking you all deep down in the sinkhole. Um, also known as the Chicoy uh, Cave. Uh, Chicoy is the, the area. So the cave is a popular place where local Guatemalans spend lots of money to hire witch doctors to perform witchcraft ceremonies. Some witch doctors are scams. Some could be connecting to uh, evil powers. Anyway, the locals believe that the witch doctors can show them a way out of their oppressed yet desperate lives. A ceremony by a, a local witch doctor was conducted at the time we entered into the cave. Candles were lit up in sequence. Chanting in Pukamchi, the local dialect, was clearly heard while we walked down to the cave. The trail condition was wet, muddy, and slippery. You can probably tell by, yes, that um, uh, photo over there. Inside a cave, there is a mixture of smell, including um, incense, smoke, and smell of uh, burnt chicken debris. Actually, at a certain point, I felt my stomach churning a little bit. Um, as the fire of the witchcraft ceremony kept burning harder and harder, the cave was soon clogged up by burning smoke. Uh, that's the picture that uh, by the time we get, we leave the cave which is the clock of smoke. Um, we gather at the opposite side of where their ceremony took place, uh, and together we sang 
hymns and we prayed. We cried out to Jesus, our Savior, for his peace to fill our hearts. At the same time, the witch doctor on the other side, which uh, the top picture shows, uh, crying out, was crying out for his form of healing from whatever spirit they believe in. I felt the spiritual battle right there on the spot when we asked for the presence of the Lord. So it looks like this kind of battle only happens in Guatemala. However, the similar spiritual battle is just around our corner. We, we are pulled by evil forces in just different settings. Theirs in a cave, ours in a city. During the whole experience in the cave, my mind had two questions. In, in the lives of the Guatemalans, what have, they, what have taken their eyes off the one true God? And at the same time, in North America, what in our daily lives have blinded us from connecting to the same true God? What have occupied all of our money or time? This is my sharing. Thanks, Thanks William. And one more from our team leader, from Henry, uh, has a few thoughts to share as well. Good morning. Um, so it's, first of all, I'd like to thank you for, for thank the ones who prayed for us. Um, I think it made all the difference in this trip and uh, helped us so much as a team. So my sharing this morning is a little bit different. Um, the, in the last uh, debrief, we were at, one of the questions we were asked was, when or where do we see God with us? God's presence. And so I thought back and I, yeah, I thought of a couple of places, but they weren't like the usual places I think about uh, during the trip. Um, so let, let me just explain a little bit. Um, and uh, I, I just recall uh, the Sunday before we left, uh, looking at the bulletin, and I noticed that. Dr. Tal Anderson was going to speak the, the week we were gone, and I was just thinking to myself, you know, I, I wish I was here for that. You know, he was going to talk about God and evil, which is, you know, a topic I'm quite uh, interested in and thought about. And uh, so I just was fully thought, okay, can't make it this year. So, um, on the way down to Guatemala, uh, we were on Aero Mexico, and and uh, at the moment they, they have free movies, so I thought I'd take advantage of that. And I looked through the list; it was hard to decide. There's so many movies to, to check out, but um, finally I decided on watching this movie called Hacksaw Ridge. I just wonder how many people have seen that movie, have heard about it. Okay, yeah. So some of you know, um, but Hacksaw Ridge is uh, based on a true story of a World War II soldier who was a um, pacifist, and he refused to carry arms. Because of that, he was um, uh, kind of, you might say, persecuted by the rest of the uh, soldiers around him, and even his superiors try their hardest to get him to quit the army. 
Nevertheless, through some interventions, he stayed in the army, and they were deployed to Japan uh, to uh, fight in Okinawa at this place called Hacksaw Ridge. And uh, uh, what happened is that uh, uh, he, through that battle, uh, saved 75 of his comrades, 75 lives saved because he was there. And here was somebody who almost didn't make it to the war. So you're wondering, okay, what's, what's that got to do with Guatemala? <laughs> okay, so, um, so one night uh, in our debrief, um, the question about evil came up in the context of having been to the hospital and seeing the suffering there, and especially uh, one baby that was abandoned in the hospital. And so this question came up, and we had a bit of uh, talk about that. But that night, um, I did some more thinking about it. Um, I shared a room with two, two other roommates, and uh, they're both snorers. So I didn't sleep that well, but my mind was working. <laughs> and uh, in my mind, I was thinking about this problem of evil, God and evil. And, and uh, somehow my thoughts got drawn back to this movie I'd seen uh, because... Uh, and then the thought occurred to me that I'd never, I'd never seen before about how could God allow evil in this world. And here's how it kind of came together. Uh, is, is that, uh, you know, what if Adam and Eve did not sin? What if Satan hadn't been in the garden? What would have happened if uh, there was no fall? So I thought about it. I said, okay, we know that God's a great creator. We know that he is all-powerful. He has wisdom. He created this universe. But there would be a a component of God that we wouldn't know about. And that's God's love. You know, we we wouldn't know a God of love except for the fall. Uh, God wouldn't have had to send Jesus into this world. He wouldn't have to show how much he loved us by dying for us. We wouldn't know that God loved us so much that he would actually come down as a person and lay down his life for us. Something we sang about this morning. We wouldn't know that. That would be all hidden from us and we wouldn't have the chance to respond to that kind of love uh, by loving him back. So, in a sense, when I thought of that, it kind of made sense to me. It, um, it put a few things together. It's almost like working on a crossword puzzle, and you find the word, and, and suddenly that word fit everything. There's a lot of things that, that fall in line. Because it explained to me why, why God allowed Satan in the garden, why... Um, why they fell and why 
The scripture says that from the foundation of the world, Jesus was slain. God had to have an occasion to show his love. And that's, that's where the movie comes in because, you know, except for World War II and that battle in Okinawa, uh, we and, and uh, his comrades would never have known that this uh, soldier called Des- named Desmond Doss could be such a hero or was such a hero. They all thought he was a coward because he refused to carry arms. But through this battle, actually, they saw that he was a hero, that he could save 75 lives at the risk of his own life. And so if there had been no fall, if there was no evil, God would not have an occasion to show us his love through Christ. And we know that Hebrews uh, tells us that Jesus is the perfect reflection of who God is. And when I think about it, before Jesus came, before he did what he did, we didn't, we, we didn't see the depth of God's love. We would never know of how far God would go to show us his love. So to, to end this, I guess uh, I would say it's, you don't have to go to Guatemala to experience God's presence. He's with us all the time. He was with me on the plane ride down. He was with me when I was awake at night. Um, and he's with each of us. But if you want to experience God, perhaps in a new way, in a way that is kind of surprising, then going on a mission trip is a good way to do that. And I would encourage you to think about it. Thank you. Okay. Thanks to the team for sharing, and it was great uh, to see all the different ways that God... Uh, that God speaks to us and uh, shows us what uh, teaches us different lessons through the different things that uh, the different experiences we have. And it was just great to uh, hear from the team and to see how through the same experiences, uh, the different team members experienced different things and learned different lessons along the way. And just uh, just my turn to share a little bit uh, here this morning, just a few thoughts too on uh, the Guatemala missions trip. And you know, most of us, uh, most of us do like to to travel. Most of us like to go to different places, have different experiences, to uh, eat different foods, to uh, experience different cultures, to see new sites. Um, I suppose some of us just like to stay at home and don't really want to go anywhere. But most of us do it to, to some degree, anyway. Uh, like to like to do some travel, even if it's just going over to the island to uh, have a little bit different uh, viewpoint. But even as we travel, some of us like to travel in different ways. Some of us want to go on a cruise and just uh, enjoy having someone look after you and set your day-to-day schedule and uh, and uh, just make sure everything goes smoothly. Some of us like to go on 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 somewhat of an organized journey. And some really brave people just sort of throw a few clothes in a backpack and buy an airline ticket and just go off and wander around and figure out where they're going to stay that night in the afternoon and what they're going to eat at that time of day. 
I think there's anybody here like that? I'm not like that. I like to be more organized. Anybody that adventurous here? There's maybe, maybe a couple of you. Those are, those are rare ones. Uh, but no matter how we like to travel, it's always a bit of a relief, isn't it, when we get home? Back to something familiar and common. Missions is a little bit like that in a way. We want to go somehow. We want to be obedient. We want to have those experiences. But somehow we're glad to be home. But there's some people who can, who can do more. There's some who can go, who can stay longer, who can go to more difficult places where living conditions really are tough. And day-to-day living is a real grind. And some can do that for years and years. And God makes us all different gives us all different opportunities and gives us different, different gifts and abilities to do that. But one thing for sure, I think, is that God calls us all to be involved in some way or another, whatever it might be. And in Acts uh, chapter 1, verse 8, um, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of of the earth. Very familiar passage to us, along with Matthew 28, 19, and 20. These form the basis for us going into all the world and preaching the good news to all people that need to hear about Jesus Christ. These, this Acts 1 8 and, and Matthew 28, 19 provide that foundation, that basis for it. But the reality of Acts 1 8 is kind of tempered a little bit by it because. Uh, it says in Acts chapter 8, verse 1, it says there's a persecution breaks out in Jerusalem. And it says all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. So Jesus gives these words to those who are closest to him, to the disciples, the apostles. He says, Acts 1.8, which you see up on the screen there. And he says, you should go. You need to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the very ends of the earth. Cover all the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. And yet at that time, a little bit later on, we read that this persecution comes and the Christians are scattered except for the apostles who stay at home. I guess they were stay-at-home sort of people. They weren't the ones who were so adventurous. But eventually... God moved in their hearts and moved them and scattered them throughout the world, uh, throughout the known world at the time with the gospel. And it's really when Paul encounters Jesus uh, that they finally start to get moving. A couple things to note here in this passage, just, uh, just quickly. One is they go through the power of the Holy Spirit, and Becky talked about that nicely, then tied in the power of prayer and missions and how key that is. It's God who empowers us to do these things. We don't go in our own power and our own strength. We don't uh, put up with all the, the differences. We don't encounter all the obstacles and overcome them all in our own power, in our own strength, and in our own wisdom, but through the power of the Holy Spirit. That gives us the power to go and do those things that we would never be able to do on our own. Also, another thing to point out there that uh, they are to be witnesses wherever they are to the very ends of the earth. So, so wherever they are, they were in Jerusalem. So it says they, they, will, they will be their witnesses in Jerusalem. In Judea, the near, nearby countryside, Samaria is sort of the next town over and then to the ends of the earth. So some need to stay. Some have to go to the ends of the earth. Some can go just 
to the next city. But he's covering all that. He's saying all that should be uh, part of what we're doing as we're spreading the Gospel. So it's clear that Jesus wants all to be involved in missions that all should be acting and doing something. And that's what you've heard. How God, uh, as He's moved our team to go to Guatemala and then use that to, uh, to shape the team. But an important part of that was going. So how can we be involved in missions here today? The first one is we can be a goer. We can be one of those people that actually go, that get up uh, and do what I call do in Abraham. You leave the people you know, your family, the country you know, and you go to some place that you don't know. And you take that step of faith and you know that God is with you and He'll look after you. Some of us have that uh, call. Some have that uh, ability, that uh, gifting from God to be able to go. Then you should go. You need to do that. The second one is you can be a welcomer. And this is an interesting, uh, interesting thought here. That it, and this is tied into the idea that the world is coming to a place like Canada, to Vancouver. You can find all nations here. And what do we do with that opportunity? We can welcome those people. We can get involved in seeking out newcomers and welcoming them. Demonstrating the love of Jesus through uh, caring, through actions. The third thing we can do is be an intercessor. We can be praying. We can pray for those who are doing uh, different parts of the the ministry, praying for those teams that go out from this church here, praying for our missionaries that are here. Pick a country. Just get a globe and spin it around. Close your eyes and, and stop it somewhere. See what happens and pray for that country. Find a ministry. Find a person that you can pray for and pray for them. Be involved in missions through prayer. The fourth one is to be a mobilizer. And Becky was doing a little bit of that, encouraging us and saying, you know, you should go and do this. This is something you want to do. And so some are called to mobilize others to go and to uh, be sent out for ministry. A mobilizer looks and they can see what the needs and opportunities are and they can match them. They're kind of a networker. They can say, wow, there's a place I know about and they need a certain kind of people and I know someone at church who has those same skill sets and he links them together and can pray for them and encourage that person to send them out and to go. And then the last one, number five, is a sender. To develop the resources to find the people that are needed for missions and the resources that are needed for missions. As God raises people up to go, uh, they need a group who can be behind them, sending them out. And so we can be uh, part of actively sending. So there's all kinds of ways for us to be involved in missions. And we need to take that time to think about it and take opportunities like this trip to Guatemala that I'm sure we'll be doing again and going to other places, pretty much any country in the world, you can find a way to get there and to go and serve and be involved in missions. So that's our challenge for today. Thank you to the team for, for sharing and uh, for this opportunity. Now I'll ask the worship team to come and uh, finish our service this morning.